to episode 17 of The Love Frequency. You know, I was reflecting this morning on what I wanted to share. And there was just such a jumble of possibilities of things I could share. And what I noticed in the process of trying to discern, because I really am more interested in authentic sharing than sort of writing out and scripting what I'm going to say. I like what I'm bringing through to be something that's relevant and alive and authentic. And so what I noticed was I had all this doubt come up, like, well, maybe I really don't, maybe I'm running out of ideas. Maybe I really don't have a lot to share. Maybe this was a harebrained idea to think that I could sustain a podcast weekly, you know, going on for years. (laughs) And then I thought about how it's such a common experience to be riddled with doubt. And it seems to me that there are essentially two orientations that we humans tend to take. And of course, there's some variations on that. But Predominantly, there's those who are oriented towards what we call service to self, that what's most important is getting our needs met in the ways that we want to get them met. And we're willing to sacrifice relationship and connection, or we manipulate relationship and connection in order to get those needs met. And really what's at the heart of that from my perspective is just a deep-seated fear that we're not loved, we're not lovable, we're not cared for, and so we have to scrape and fight and claw to get our needs met. And so my heart goes out to those of us who are so wounded that that's the only way we know how to operate. And there are obviously different extremes of that, right? And to some extent, people can have a little bit of that and a little bit of the other, which is orienting towards service to others, which also at the extreme can negate self, uh, can be detrimental because we can become so focused on anticipating what others need and want, being there for them, giving of our time and energy and resources that we deplete ourselves. And we actually tend to fear our ego when we're service to others oriented. And we tend to cling to it when we're service to self oriented. So it seems to me that really what is at cause here is our relationship to our own ego. Now, some people don't even realize what the ego is and how it operates. And while I'm no expert on it, I would say that the ego is a projection of self that happens when we feel unable or unsafe in simply being, simply being our authentic self, which is made up of 
experiences, direct experiences, emotions, and the free flow of energy. Our authentic being is unencumbered. It's creative. It's a little wild. It's natural. And then through the experiences that we have of others trying to shape and mold us to fit their needs, to be more convenient for their, their life, we contract and we feel injured as though there's something wrong with us. And so then the ego becomes sort of a psychological defense to protect us against those kinds of feedback or, or insults that we receive through the normal bumps and bruises of, of living life. And the ego can operate sort of subconsciously, below the level of consciousness. And its job is to protect us from those bumps and bruises, as if we could actually be protected, because we're going to get hurt, you know. Life is beautiful, and life has incredible amounts of pain and disappointment. And so the ego actually has a false job, because it's impossible to fully protect us. And so what's at stake is really our authenticity. And to the extent that we can see how the ego is operating, we can wriggle free from it. Not, not dismiss it, not get rid of it, but not have it direct our choices and our thoughts. And for those of us who are service to, to other-oriented, it seems to me the most crippling experience that the ego provides is doubt. Doubt that we're good enough, doubt that we've done enough, doubt that we're making the impact that we're here to make, doubt that we have something worthy to offer. And so what do we do in the face of that doubt? We try harder. And we can get paralyzed by our thinking and by our concern, our over-concern for whether we're, we're doing a good enough job. And I see this over and over in my clients. I see it in myself how paralyzing doubt can be. And it is also a sign that you're super conscientious, right? You want to make a difference. You want to help others. But you also need to balance that want and that drive with what is sustaining for you, what is uplifting and enlivening and restorative for you so that you're filling your well and can give from a place of fullness rather than this place of doubt and trying to gain approval or recognition. Right? Because then the ego becomes operative and drives our giving, which then is depleting. And then we've ended up hurting ourselves. So I'm not saying I have the answer to what this balance is, but I think in asking ourselves the questions like, what is it that I really value? How would my life be today if I were more comfortable in my own skin, just showing up the way I am, 
giving as I choose with love and desire to help, but also with an eye to what feels good to me. It can be both and. Like, what if we could marry service to self and service to other in this beautiful blend? Because we all have unmet needs. But to the extent that those unmet needs drive all of our choices, then we're a slave to that wounding. Just like if we let all of our choices be driven by the ego's desire to be of greater service, or even the soul's desire to be of greater service, we can deplete ourselves and, and miss the fullness of an inner freedom to just be. So if you think of a, a human being's life as having two axes, the vertical one being the being axis, and the horizontal, the doing axis. Those of us who are service to others oriented may fall way too far along that horizontal axis of doing. And the best remedy that I know for that syndrome, the super accomplished syndrome, that I've got a thousand and one things to do today in order to be a good human being syndrome, is to stop right now, just to stop and soften and breathe and feel. What does it feel like to be in your skin, just you, just you in relation to all that is, but just you, you're an individual spark within this greater bonfire of life? Just to slow down enough to notice how you are. And can you sense the fullness of your being? And if not, what helps you? Maybe it's taking a full, slow, savoring breath that fills up your entire being so that you feel your physicality and you also feel the essence that animates that physicality. And that right there, that is free of ego. Free of the pushing and the pulling to be more, do more. That is your essence that you can trust is enough. So let's just give some space to that for a minute. Just being. Noticing that animated quality within you that just is. It just exists. It's free to be shaped or channeled, but it also doesn't need it in order to feel fulfilled. It can just be here bubbling like a spring flowing through you, just like the breath. And so what if you were to ask yourself this question every day? 
How can I be more true to my authentic being? And if you were to just take five minutes, right? Five minutes, four minutes, whatever you can allow to just be, to just stand and notice the stillness within you, to experience the fullness of who you are without putting a definition on it or expectations on how you need to show up. I was looking out the window this morning and there were these really lovely, lazy snowflakes coming down. And there was this hazy sun behind them. And I was just looking at the trees, just standing in stillness. And the slow, unhurried movement of these snowflakes. And in watching and observing that, I could feel those qualities in my being, that there is this part of me that's just in constant flow, unhurried, not trying to accumulate or get anywhere or prove anything. And then there's this part that's just still, that's observing that movement. And so I just let myself revel in that experience of being. And when I did that, I noticed that all the doubts that I had about what I should talk about, what would be meaningful to share, just kind of settled, kind of like a snow globe that just sits there after it's been shaken. All that turbulence just kind of settled out. And then I came from a place of trust that if I just show up and press record, that I can bring something forth that will be of, of service, be of use, both to myself and to others. And so I'm going to propose that we find a way to marry these two push-pulls within us, the pull to take care of self in a way that really is restorative and self-honoring, but not overly needy and greedy or to the exclusion of others. And that we also do something in service to others or the environment, nature, some, some small act that is giving, that takes us out of sort of the navel-gazing of self and self-fulfillment. Because I think it's really from drawing something forth through us that we truly feel fulfilled. Otherwise, we're always looking for that fix from outside of ourselves, which I really think is the foundation for why we, we become addicted, that we're, we're lacking the ability to really fully access our authentic self. And we, we come from the belief that there's something inherently wrong or missing. And so we need to prop up that authentic self with, you know, the things in life that give us status or the experiences that elevate our mood, that change our state, because we don't know how to do it effectively ourselves.
you deserve to experience a fullness of being. And to bring that fullness of being, that awareness of wholeness and inherent goodness and being free to be who you are, how you are, and to share that through the things that you do and to find fulfillment in that sharing. So that it's like a Mobius, like a figure eight, you know, the infinity loop. That as you come into a deeper connection to self, like breathing into self, then as you exhale and you give to others, you also experience an uplifting and an enlivening of that self through the sharing. And then as it's shared and received, you come back and circle back into self and the cycle spirals up and continues to uplift you and others out of the trap of the egoic thinking that I'm not enough. I've got to try harder. I've got to acquire more. Whether it's more learning, more things, more experiences, that is an empty pursuit that only begets more striving which only disconnects us even more from that inherent quality of our authentic being. So I invite you to take whatever period of time you'd like on a daily basis to slow down when you notice that you are overreaching or contracting too much into yourself and just suspend whatever that is for the moment Maybe gaze out and look at something in nature and feel that inherent stillness, that quality of timeless being that really is at the base of who you are. Because we are one with nature. We have those same qualities in us that are present in nature. And when we can see it outside, you have a greater chance to feel it inside. And to give yourself that gift of restoring your connection with your inherent, authentic self. Experiencing as fully as you can just the quality of your being and let that nourish you. My name is Lisa Love and I'm the owner of Mindful Guidance Coaching and Counseling. And this podcast is my effort to share a little bit of the wisdom that I usually share one-on-one with clients because I really enjoy helping others to utilize the challenges that they're facing to create opportunities for growth and healing and transformation, but ultimately to cultivate more self-compassion. And so if you'd like to comment, share ideas, ask a question, feel free to contact me either through my website, mindfulguidance, the number 4me.com, or through the Anchor podcast, and you can record a message and leave it for me there, or propose a topic that you'd like to hear more on. Thank you for tuning in, but more importantly, for tuning in to yourself in a little different way. 
Take good care.